Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. How are you doing? It's been a rough week. I know I've been feeling anxious, pent up. Some of you have been binge-listening NPR and Facebooking yourselves to sleep, uh, just leaning into the discomfort. Others of you, like me, have been checking out, deleting social media apps on your phone, engaging in a lot of escapism, maybe overeating a bit, a lot. This week's guest, uh, Stephen Landis, is a close friend of mine, and I often look to him when I'm contemplating how to be, which is why I'm releasing his interview now, even though I only recorded it a week or so ago. Also, Stephen introduced me to old time, and I'm very grateful to him, not just for teaching me my first tunes, but for sharing his reverence for the tradition. If you're listening on iTunes, you may have noticed there's an explicit tag. Stephen uses a certain four-letter word in this interview, and it may just be that word's most justifiable use to date. I think you'll agree. (laughs) I heard that iTunes gets mad if you don't warn people with that little E, so I thought, you know, just in case. If you want to hear this week's bonus track, a solo fiddle performance of Drunkard's Hiccups by Stephen Landis, you may consider signing up to support Get Up In The Cool on Patreon. You can do it on your phone while listening. Just go to CameronDeWitt.com and click the button that says Patreon. I hope this episode is useful to you. I know it was therapeutic for me to relive it. Stephen Landis, everybody. Enjoy.
that's how those tunes go. <laughs> yeah, it's a medley. Uh, those are beautiful. You <laughs> play those really well, Stephen. Thank you. Uh, Stephen Landis, <clears throat> welcome to Get Up in the Cool. Thanks. Honored to be here. Yeah. Uh, in your room. Yeah, my <laughs> very own bedroom. This is where most of my old-time experience happens. Yeah. Right in this room. So it's, Yeah, totally. We're in the sacred space. Yeah, you you really set it up to be a sacred space. There's um, a lot of sort of totems around and there are things actually, that you care about. Absolutely. Maybe point a few things out. Sure. Well, I've got a whole wall full of flyers, postcards, pictures and clippings of things in and around Philadelphia uh, that have inspired me. Also, uh, some kind of bizarre artwork from uh, one of the guys that I work with <laughs> uh, in a, a homeless shelter. Wait, which um, one's that? Uh, that's the one up the on the cardboard there, where it says "Holy Ghost, God, Fire, Kill the Devil, I 800." <laughs> oh man! <laughs> on cardboard. Uh, that's yeah, awesome. I, he, he does that constantly. He's a brilliant artist and does not realize it. <laughs> yeah, out, outside but, artist. Uh, yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right on. Uh, yeah, got a um, poster over there from Leonard Crow Dog's Sundance. That was a gift of mine to, from a friend of mine. Um, yeah, right lots on. of totems. We got some <laughs> cedar burning right now, so yeah, it's good good atmosphere. And then and then right outside, uh, and yeah, <laughs> and then right outside we have the epicenter of the opioid epidemic. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> which we're giggling about, but is <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I imagine that's a lot of the reason why you're so you're intentional anyway, but yeah. you have to be really intentional about your sort of sanctuary here because of what's going on right outside absolutely yeah and because of your work yeah definitely um yeah so i work with uh chronically homeless men uh diagnosed with serious mental illness um which brings up issues of um, systemic racism mass incarceration yeah um how we treat mental illness as a society uh poverty uh addiction the whole bit so yeah, and then I kind of need... And my room happens to be facing the front of the street, so I get the bulk of the noise. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, hearing the drug dealers uh, announce their wares. Yeah. Hearing the people, you know, Mahondo. I mean, the cop is coming, you know, stuff like that. I didn't know that one. Yeah, Mahondo, Mahondo, Mahondo. Yeah, yeah. cop is coming down the street. Huh. So, yeah, and Dambien, Dambien, he's coming back. <laughs> it's not very, not very... It's not like Navajo cold talker code talker level of like yeah. secrecy it's like <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> um so i imagine some part of um yeah so you, you study old time music here in this room is yeah part of part of your way to absolutely and yeah. and uh you know sometimes uh, it's been a ritual of mine on friday nights especially at the end of the work week um kind of as a sort of uh, cathartic exercise I lay down whatever tune I'm inspired by at the moment and put it up on YouTube yeah yeah so that's been a regenerative practice for me for yeah. a while <laughs> right on so yeah you're um, well let's talk about those tunes that you just yeah, played what are, sure. what's going on there so the first one uh, is called um, uh, Kingdom of Earth no not Kingdom of Earth um, Queen Right. No, no, that's the other one. The first one, okay. anyway, Norman Edmonds, on one <laughs> of the Smithsonian albums, um, uh, Kingdom of Heaven is 
is probably more accurate than name. I've tried to research, you know, Mudcat, Internet, whatever, to try to find out what hymn he's drawing from. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, just I, I've heard that uh, tune on one of the Smithsonian albums. Uh, Norman Edmonds, again, is the fiddler. Um, and I just like... Uh, and that's generally what happens for me in old-time music. I hear a tune, usually a field recording, um, or an old, old recording, and it kind of just brings me back, and it brings me into the space, and I just get entranced by it and fall in love with the tune. Yeah. So that's what happened with that one. And then uh, the second tune, obviously, was Bonaparte's Retreat, um, and I kind of did a mashup of different versions. I like to like kind of ease into it. And then, uh, you know, sometimes, and I usually play those three tunes together. Mm-hmm. Um, so in spaces where I've been asked to perform, yeah, uh, I'll do those together. And as soon as I get to the, you know, the... Yeah. And the beat comes in, usually I get a couple of like, woo-woo. That's the drop. Cheers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> People are like, whoa, what's going on here? And then they hear that. Yeah. yeah, okay, yeah, so. Yeah, and then so uh, Bonaparte's Retreat. And, uh, of course, you know, the William Stepp version is the one I, you know, conclude with, which Aaron Copeland um, completely, I mean, not even without alteration, uh, drew yeah. for, um, was it Rodeo or uh, whatever tune it was, um, which is pretty cool to hear the actual field recording that it comes from. I think it's a Lomax recording. Um, and uh, it's like, yeah, it's right there. That's Kentucky fiddling. Yeah. Brought it to the mainstream through classical music. Uh, and then the third one, uh, Queen of the Earth, Child of the Skies. Um, by Eden Hammonds. Uh, another uh, old-time habit of mine is just to um, find recordings or uh, see names of tunes that I think are like bizarre or interesting. And when I saw that one, I was like, "Whoa, what is that one about?" You yeah. know, I was like, "You know, it's one thing in a sense, like you know, Chicken Down the Road, yeah. or like Haystack High, or like Johnson Boys." And you know, it's like <laughs> get the like, mule out of the road. Yeah, it's just like a, I could kind of picture like where that's coming from. And I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. "Okay, whatever, country life," you know. Yeah. But uh, Queen of the Earth, Child of the Skies, I was like, whoa, what it's is this? It's pretty epic for yeah, an old time, too. It is. Yeah. And I listened to the recording, and it's uh, just this really spacey, uh, sonorant air um, uh, that has kind of this Irish kind of uh, vibe to it. Um, or maybe Scottish with the, you know, some of the drop D tunes on a fiddle art, you know, imitation of the uh, bagpipes. So, yeah. Probably derived from the Scots Irish origin, but. For those people who aren't um, familiar with like different fiddle yeah. tunings, what's the drop tuning? Yeah, so the drop there? tuning I'm in here is D D A D. So those are my bottom two strings together, and then my uh, E string is tuned down to a D. Well, it's supposed to be tuned <laughs> down to a D, more or less. Yeah. Yeah, so it's mostly D's. And you don't really you um, don't really play on you don't with your left hand finger the the low D very much. No, you don't, except in that one the one way that Eden Hammonds does in the Queen of the Earth tune is he'll end that uh, very last phrase with uh, Yeah. So he'll hit sort of a low A yeah. with his pinky finger. Which yeah. I think is a nice touch because it's very yeah. noticeable. Yeah, because I know it because you've just just been playing that low D the whole time. Exactly. You know, yeah. You sort of raise up. And again, that low D is really the the invention of that was to imitate bagpipes. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think you can kind of hear it in that part of Bonaparte's retreat. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, that's my medley. Yeah, this is great. <laughs> I hope that's you enjoy great it. Way to start. I'm really glad that I didn't try to play along. <laughs> I'm glad we decided that was a solo. Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. thank you. <laughs> right on. Uh, well, let's let's play this Piney Ridge, and then sure. let me ask you some more questions. Yeah. Okay, that sounds good. Cool. We good? Yeah. You're also playing this one in in drop D. Yeah, so this is another drop D. Yeah. yeah we'll, we'll bring in some rock terminology yeah. here for, for the masses. Uh, this is in drop D. I guess double drop D. Yeah. <laughs> so metal. Just dropped all D's okay. here. Uh, some, somebody's got to write a tune with D, 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 D as the tuning. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so. I totally forgot how we're starting this one. Uh, we're going to do like a syncopated and one and two and three and four. Sorry, so. people are trying to play along. <laughs> we're trying our best here. All right. We're making this up as yeah. we go along, folks. We're totally professional. Here we go. So.
think I tried to jump you into the B part there, but a good pretty, recovery, pretty, pretty strong recovery. He's <laughs> like, no, we're doing that A part again. <laughs> yeah, you really laid it down the wall. Uh, thanks for uh, teaching me that. You yeah. sent me the recording, but I was like, I need, I need incarnate help <laughs> with this tune. I need yeah. the amazing slowdowner, not yeah. the program, but Stephen himself. Well, you know, it took me enough time myself of listening and absorbing these tunes from yeah. the old recordings to really... And sometimes the old recordings are not good quality. Right. The fiddler himself isn't particularly concerned about being accurate. Right. Or in some cases, like I think with Hiram Stamper, it's been noted that he's he was in his upper 80s and yeah. you know, was, you know, not quite as facile as he once was. So, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of have to piece through that. And I... Personally, I like to preserve some of the idiosyncrasies oh. that may even derive from those things but uh, yeah how do you involve a little bit of how do you decide when to like keep it and then when to i always wonder if 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 some of these sources yeah if they were to hear yeah us playing they'd be like well why the hell did you recreate that part i played that wrong why did you why are you repeating my mistakes (laughs) uh i wish we could have those conversations that'd be (laughs) lovely to have yeah i mean you and i i think kind of missed the boat generation wise where we could right you know wander into Kentucky like in the 70s and meet some of these guys. Well, maybe, fiddlers. maybe someday but, when we're decrepit, crotchety old yeah, men. Maybe we should make some intentional mistakes, <laughs> play a joke on the on the youth. <laughs> uh, I heard, maybe you told me this story. Uh-huh. Uh, or maybe this is already told on the podcast. I don't know. Someone told me like that um, like a bunch of like Japanese folks who were like playing Tommy Gerald's tunes like came huh. to his house really one time and like while he wasn't there and they just like started playing and then because uh, I guess people came to his house all the time just busted down his door right, and just started yeah. playing tunes with him and he came and then like one of his he started playing tunes with them and then one of his kids later was just like um who were those or one of his kids or grandsons or something I don't know mm-hmm. his story but was like who are those funny looking men <laughs> you know or like where are they from what's their deal and he's just like well i don't know but they sure can't play my music <laughs> what an awesome like yeah third door away from <laughs> racially sensitive <laughs> or culturally uh yeah, yeah cultural territory yeah i mean that's music right like, yeah yep <laughs> yeah um, my my first banjo teacher was a Japanese man. His name was Michinobu Imori, mm. and uh, he always wore these like button down uh, white collared shirts, mm-hmm. and they were um, tie dyed. <laughs> he's like a total <laughs> hippie dude, but he's like from Japan, yeah. and like he learned uh, clawhammer banjo like from a book, and like he yeah. went to West Virginia and like went to some music shops, and people are like, huh. "You have an impeccable West Virginia style." And wow. It's like, is that what that is? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, it's we live in this globalized world. Yeah, totally. In some ways, it's it's awesome, and in other ways, you're like, well, does, does it kind of uh, impact the integrity of the tradition that it can be just completely and easily translated to another place and time? And yeah, you know, open question. I don't know. Yeah. I like to. I like tradition. I like to. Yeah. Reinforce the idea that there are traditions or create new ones. And yeah. I think that's what this music is about for me a lot of times. Well, if I could be so bold as to say, yeah. uh, it's as an American tradition, yeah. we've so, <laughs> so, yeah. so, um, so unapologetically just 
borrowed and stolen from everyone else, <laughs> just just take it. Not that not yeah. that it's my tradition to give, but as yeah. like to speak for Americans, you know. Right. Just yeah. Like, we're talking just about take a, it. <laughs> we're talking about a mashup already. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Who, we got to give something back <laughs> as, as a people. Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, you know that's happened a little bit in the way that the, uh, you know, the American blues tradition has influenced West yes. African uh, music. Yeah, that dialogue back and forth. Funny know, how that bands works. Bands like Tenarowin, um, who I love, um, so good. You know, uh, I think that's amazing that you know, or even just watching uh, YouTube videos of Throw Down Your Heart. I guess it's called. The, yeah, yeah. You know, Bela Fleck playing Bela Fleck. with. Yeah. yeah. So cool. I love the uh, interchange there. So, yeah. Yeah. I It's always heartening when I see, like, <clears throat> people who are, I'm assuming, just very privileged to to be able to be that good at an instrument. Yeah. Probably had their Maslow's hierarchy of needs just, like, covered. So they could <laughs> just full, uh, what's the top one? Self. I, your Maslow's is over my head. I don't. Uh, the top one on the, on the pyramid is like the self actualization. Oh, okay. I think I is knew, what I it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. just these people are fully self actualized, but like you know, he yeah. he goes over there and he he plays so respectfully and so mm-hmm. and he listens so intentionally, and it's like always oh, nice. Totally. And that's not always the case. Oh yeah. Uh, with people that are like that, especially yeah. some some particular people who I won't name whose name <laughs> may or may not nope come on may or may not rhyme with uh, <laughs> there's no good way to rhyme Chris Steely <laughs> I don't know what to say just Chris Steely 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 yeah uh, yep yeah that happened that happened <laughs> and it's happening <laughs> but um, yeah it's always yeah. nice nice to see that so th- that was another William Septon, and uh, one interesting uh, thing about William Sept that I read somewhere is that uh, he was criticized by his peers for playing too fast. Uh-huh. So some of these, <laughs> so particularly his version of uh, it's it's titled "Ways of the World" in the recording, but I think it's actually uh, Tim Tim Brooks or something like that is the actual name of the tune. Huh. Um, it's really qu- played really quickly, um, and also his last of Callahan is played really quickly, which I love to try to get up to speed and just like frolic with but uh yeah then at some point i read that he was criticized for playing too quickly and i was now like, or his contemporaries are they just throwing shade or are they just being salty because yeah you know, it could be you know they were like <laughs> jealous you know <laughs> no i haven't heard the these recordings but like uh-huh. this these source recordings but does, yeah does he like does he is he just killing it playing it fast or is I it think a he's little killing it Okay, but I mean, you know, killing it can mean different things. Like if it's a deli- if you consider it a delicate tune that right, must be, right. you know, right. played gently, yeah. then uh, you're, you know, battering it by sure. <laughs> playing at these speeds. But he plays them accurately. So, yeah, you know, follow, follow your bliss, William Step. <laughs> yeah, I'm in your defense. I'm in your corner. You Wait, know? Where, where's he from? Uh, Kentucky. He's, He's a, a Kentucky, Kentucky fiddler. You play a lot of Kentucky. Tunes. I love Kentucky. I some at some point I was learning tunes and I realized a lot of the tunes I was learning were from Kentucky fiddlers. So Clyde yeah. Davenport, William Stepp, Luther Strong is one of my favorites. We'll play Luther Strong yeah. soon in a little bit. Um, yeah. So at some point I realized, oh, I really like Kentucky style fiddling. Um, and then also West Virginia, so the Ed and Hammonds mm-hmm. uh, piece. And I guess and I think these traditions are, you know, obviously geographically close, but right. also. Uh, sonically have a lot in common too so now in a way i would say you're like one of the most uh traditional kentucky fiddlers that i know because 
Mm-hmm. Um, well, because you spent so much time with the recordings, obviously, but mm-hmm. also because you're you're very much like a solo fiddler. You yeah. play lovely. I love oh, yeah. playing with oh, you, but you're like a solo fiddler. That's I like am. sort of yeah, your thing. I'm kind of a fiddle hermit. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I very rarely appear at the uh, jam sessions around town here. Uh-huh. And I love it when I do, but yeah. uh, my main outlet is, yeah, is here in this room. Yeah. Or uh, when I had the privilege of touring with a band and. Mm-hmm. You know, the rest of the band needs to tune. And like, yeah. hey, Stephen, come yeah. play a tune or something. <laughs> That's so, my yeah. impression. Things, what I've heard of the Kentucky fiddlers is that mm-hmm. they wouldn't really play together. Mm-hmm. They would sit in a circle mm-hmm. and play solo. If they're huh. if they're together, they would like take turns oh, wow. playing together. That That's, sounds really competitive. I've heard that from a. <laughs> maybe that's the case, or maybe it's just like they just love the sound of one. What can mm-hmm. one fiddle do? And yeah. you know. What can you be released to do when you're not worrying about yeah. listen and listening to someone mm-hmm. else? You know, totally. And you know, I'm not um, fully educated in some of the history behind that, but you know, from some of my understanding is, you know, especially in the more remote parts of Kentucky, you, know, you just only had so many musicians per yeah. square mile. Yeah. So, you know, there will only be one fiddle player. But, right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So that difference between dance music and then sort yeah. of like living living room or porch music yeah know? totally yeah it fits my personality too yeah you know? i like to sit back i like you know yeah social anxiety uh-huh. sets in <laughs> <laughs> uh jam sessions conformity just yeah. you know the friction there yeah i love jam sessions don't yeah. get me wrong but you know i'm personally you know i'm a i'm a five with a very, very strong We're going to talk about the Enneagram now? Yeah, we're going to talk about the You went to Maslow's Pyramid, you know, so we're going <laughs> to... Okay. <laughs> uh, sometimes my four wing pushes my five out of the way, and I, I need to be the solo artist. Yeah, So totally. That expresses itself musically sometimes. For those of you who aren't familiar, and I'm not that familiar with the Enneagram, but isn't Norm, it like okay. a... It's like a eastern it, christian and Rumi. no no well, Rumi, richard Rohr made it kind of christian yeah it's sort of like a spiritual uh myers briggs yeah personality um and it's old matrix it's somewhat i think it's from the i don't know when it started actually um but it's supposed to be comprehensive there's nine numbers yeah uh the five is the observer that's you know and then the four is the classic artist the learner yeah. the you know so i'm somewhere a little between bit of, those two yeah. things yeah. yeah i see that yeah yeah. see that <laughs> you do it well thank you that's the other thing about the yeah. enneagram is that mm. some people interpret it as like so you know a five at at his or her best can mm-hmm. do this yeah better than anyone yeah and at his or her worst yeah and they just focus on the is, faults <laughs> is <laughs> you may or may not have one of these people in your lives who oh i'm chronically detached what yeah. do i do <laughs> yeah yeah. You're definitely a, a realized five, I think. <laughs> I'm striving there. Yeah. You know, I have my moments. Yeah. Right on. Uh, I'm, I'm liking what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't even too. gotten to how we yeah. do stuff. Maybe we'll talk about that a little bit. Let's play another tune, though. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we've got a tune, don't we? We have to tune. Okay. Out of your all mostly D tuning. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go up to... Uh... All right, we're ready. Let's try to keep a secret too, because I wonder if the I want to see if the old time, uh, you know, yes, aficionados will recognize the the tune. Yeah, this in is it's, a and it's very very altered form. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
So anyway, yeah, let's just give it a roll. That's so good. 
that my favorite my favorite part is that yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's cool it took me uh probably a a few hours to parse out that a part it's kind of like through composed (laughs) (laughs) i can't remember Uh, if the first first time you played it for me if i got it or not I may have been able to just sort of fake my way through it, but yeah, I I had to do a lot of homework mm-hmm. for this this episode. <laughs> so it, uh, Arkansas Traveler, yes, which uh, is most noticeable in the uh, high part, yeah, or the B part there, which is less, uh, but the A part is completely yeah different. It's it's kind of mm-hmm. in there. <laughs> yeah, right. It's vaguely referential. Yeah, it's vaguely referential, and that's <laughs> yeah. another one of my favorite. Um, uh, tunes to learn is alternative versions of commonly known tunes. Yes, yeah. Um, you know, we were earlier, Cameron and I, when we were warming up, uh, we were talking about chicken hunting. Yeah. So the, the Hiram Stamper version of that was... <laughs> I can't quite imitate his his yeah. impeccable uh, embodied rhythm yet, but uh, I aspire to it maybe someday. But um, yeah, so uh, Arkansas Traveler. Yeah. Jim Bowles is the, is the uh, fiddler who I learned recording of that from jim bowles um has a lot of uh kind of funky mm-hmm. sounding tunes um and somewhere i read that um he primarily learned a lot of his tunes which is the case for a lot of fiddlers uh from uh black fiddlers or african-american musicians who don't get as many don't get documented as much yeah um also kentucky also kentucky so i've heard that like yeah kentucky is sort of a great historically mm-hmm. a great area for that because yeah just if it's it's not too far north not too far south yeah you border know. state yeah. yeah yeah so um yeah that probably is why i got so huh. rhythmic and, and funky and yeah awesome <laughs> <laughs> yeah um we play as um apple blossom, apple blossom. yeah yeah we do that yeah. was real cool yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah thanks jim yeah, really. Seriously. I, there's a picture of him in this. Um, I have this I've never seen a picture of him. book here. Unfortunately, you're just listening, so you, you can't know, hear I'll it. You know, I'll have to um, take some pictures of some of the stuff Yeah, maybe take some on. pictures, I'll put it on the blog. I'll yeah. plug the book, because the book is awesome. Uh, Jeff Todd Titan. I hope, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. Old-time Kentucky fiddle tunes. He has hundreds of tunes transcribed. has a great introduction uh, that breaks Kentucky tunes down by region. Um, and then has some biographies in here. And there's a picture of Jim Bowles. And uh, he doesn't look the way I thought he might look. I thought he would look like some really gnarled old yeah. country guy, but he's got this like you can see here. He's got this like floral vest oh, on wow. this shirt, and uh, yeah, Man. he kind of looks like almost like a hippie from the seven. <laughs> like, the pattern on his shirt and everything. And this is a really weird thing, but yeah. he to me, between his 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 digs, his style, mm-hmm. and his like the way he has his hair and his glasses, he looks like. <clears throat> This is a weird reference. Greg Proops, who is a an improv comedian who used to be on Whose Lines in Anyway. He actually looks a lot like him. I I the name doesn't sound familiar, but I think I know exactly who you're talking There's about. There's a guy who has this exact style. Wow. Yeah. Well, to uh, any of uh, Jim Bowles descendants who are listening, um, I hope you don't mind us. He looks uh, super cool. Yeah. Oh He's yeah. got good duds. Oh, definitely. He and, totally and, had style. And not in a like. Old, old time picture yeah. way, but in a like right. he looks like a hipster. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, sometimes we stereotype because we're nostalgic about the music. You yeah, know? we want to have like some, you know, gnarled old guy back in some country right. shed. You know, right. but uh, 
Yeah, really, it's like an urban, <laughs> urbanized <laughs> yeah, just person kind of, who is well-traveled. and <laughs> We expect them to be kind of permanently mean-looking. Yeah. <laughs> like their face I, is yeah. just stuck in a scowl. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that guy's, that guy's hep. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, he's kind of a rock star, really. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Yeah, I'll yeah. get a picture of that. That's great. Um, so here's how I remember us meeting. Maybe we okay. met before this. Yeah, go for it. Carl Stovner's band. Oh, yeah. Is that when we really first started? That's at least when we started playing together. That is. I think that's when we started playing together, unless we yeah. unless we played on a worship team together. Yeah, maybe circle, we but, did, yeah. We uh, go to yeah, Carl Stovner is a friend of ours, now lives in New York. Yeah. Um, singer-songwriter. Yeah. Uh, amazing singer-songwriter. And He's, put together some recordings, and I guess the three of us, was, and someone else was involved, too, right? Uh, Sarah Sihan was yeah, there, Sarah, but, yeah. uh, but before that, it was... Um, it's been so long since I've seen it. It was a bassist. Yeah. But... I'm trying to remember the name of his band now, so you can list look it up. Stay Champion, Stay is, Champion. is a rock band go. now. Yeah. yeah, rock band. Stay yeah. Champion. But back when his acoustic music days. Yeah, which we were Council Idaho, which yeah. is his hometown. Yeah, got a special place in my heart for yeah, recordings. I still have the the demos in my uh, iTunes library. <laughs> I will I'll, I will return to those yeah. on Sentimental Moments. So, Carl, thank you. Yeah. So you uh, you're nice enough to occasionally lend your services to some to some songwriters mm. yes oh occasionally is a understatement but <laughs> well these days i feel like it's more occasional yes i've, I've learned how to say to. no um yeah. but uh no used to be in everyone's i've band. also learned how to work full-time so <laughs> yes yeah uh but no yeah i definitely um as you know as many violinists do and actually that's you know sort of part of how i got into old-time music so um, after I grew up playing Suzuki, mm-hmm. so my first uh, fiddle tune that I learned was Mississippi Sawyer. Yes. <laughs> Second was Devil's Dream, <laughs> um, and then uh, sort of you know kind of set it aside. I never really. I mean, I I kept going through. You know, I played from when I was five years old up through high school. Uh, went to college. Maybe I set it aside a little bit. Um, I already had sort of an interest in folk music, um, but um, sort of lived in West Philly, and got got a be a part of like the basement show like kind of like mm-hmm. underground scene in west philly um and a good friend of mine uh fletcher van Vliet, if he's listening uh yeah on the water um he's an amazing 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 talented singer songwriter uh really powerful emotional and like deep uh music uh been in several bands with him over the years but that was my first him and i playing together was kind of my first uh branching out and accompanying a singer songwriter yeah and i've done many many of that since then yeah um, so another big one is uh, tomorrow I'm doing a recording session. Seth Martin, he's a he's a folk singer, uh, kind of in the uh, Utah Phillips tradition. Who I met um, independently yeah, of you, right? Because yeah. you're from the same yeah. region. <laughs> Actually, he's he's to give all credit. He's yeah. the reason why I I live in Philly because oh, wow. my brother-in-law John came through Philly on tour with him, and at, the, mm. at that time John was trying to convince Becca and I, who had just gotten married, to move to New York to live with him yeah uh or near him and and he was like if i can't convince you to move to new york because it's too intimidating you should come live to live in philly which is intimidating in another respect but yeah. not financially intimidating <laughs> right right <laughs> yeah. yeah um and so we did and that's yeah great i always forget it's kind of you know roundabout way the spirit it's of seth, seth martin is seth in the martin, room yeah in many ways rambler man seth martin <laughs> yeah check out seth martin's music it's yeah amazing uh you know, we've got some recordings coming up. Yeah. Um, stay tuned for. We're trying to get it out before the election because it's all. Yes. Uh, 
Please jeering, get it out before. Jeering at this circus that we've been subjected to for the past year or so. Yeah. Um, so he spends uh, a lot of his time in Korea and doing connections between American folk traditions and Korean folk traditions. So, yeah. Yeah. There's a great video. Maybe I'll link it on this uh, if I remember. Yeah. But there's a great video of him. <laughs> is it in Korea? Is it in? I don't know what town. Is it in Korea? But he's he's playing this like either original banjo tune or a traditional one. I'm not sure. Uh -huh. But he's playing it some chicken related banjo tune. <laughs> so it's hard to say if it's. Original. Oh, the one where he's walking through the. Uh, Mall, the open air mall. Yeah, it's thing. an open air mall. Yeah, so that's a tune that he wrote, and that was a we we had done a tour a couple of years ago, and that was like the favorite of the tour. That was yeah. a song that he wrote, um, uh, his last album, Halfway Home, which I uh, uh, went ahead and just wrote a critical essay of because why not? Yeah, I love the music. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, Halfway Home, and uh, it was mostly a very dark album, um, but that song kind of elicited the deep joy that comes from sorrowful experiences, yeah. and a lot of it's coming from. Uh, the activism work that he and I have been involved with, uh, specifically uh, him around Jeju Island and the joint U.S.-South Korea naval base that's built on sacred, uh, yeah, sacred ground there. So, uh, yeah, that song was yeah. And so he's walking through. <laughs> you should link to it, but he's walking through an open air mall playing the banjo and and uh, you know in the nicest way possible. Seth Martin is the whitest uh, looking dude. Oh yeah, from Pacific Northwest, <laughs> plaid shirt, you know, black rim glasses, you know, long yeah. hair, you know, very white skin. Uh, walking through this, uh, he has the sorest mall. of thumbs in that setting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and to be fair, people love it. I mean, oh yeah, uh, he's playing the banjo and and uh, just uh, moaning really because it's there's no words to the tune. <laughs> and uh, it's so bizarre. Really well produced video. Really well produced video. It's a, a Korean uh, video production team that put it on, and then uh, links up with some guys that are just busking and they're like all into it, and they you know have a drum and a guitar. And, and that's totally like, candid, yeah. right? Like totally candid. Yeah. He, yeah happened to his video yep because he's mobile in the video it's yeah moving around he's walking he through yeah and ends up following with him. him yeah yeah it is a hoot it's amazing yeah and it's a beautiful kind of cultural yeah. like uh you know meeting point you know so look it up yeah <laughs> right on let's um let's get to <laughs> let's get to a flat modal Yes, let's get to A flat modal. <laughs> we got some tunes to play. If A you're, flat and modal. if you're uh, listening along, get to A flat modal with us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're gonna, you know, return to the uh, when uh, A was actually 435 hertz, not 440 hertz. Yes. So we're gonna harken back to that tradition. Yeah. Uh, which predates some of the music, so it's a little bit of an anachronism. But actually, a lot of the Kentucky fiddlers played in half step down or whole yeah. step down. So that's why I've. Uh, forced Cameron to mm -hmm. <laughs> go down with me. The banjo never wants to be where it's supposed to be anyway. Banjos I'll just never aim for A so. and then, yeah. <laughs> what's that joke? It's easier to, what's the difference between a lawnmower and a banjo? Uh, you can tune the lawnmower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, A-flat modal. All right, yeah, for the listeners, we'll be in A-flat modal, and then I'll say now when we... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just gonna just gonna roll right in. Okay, like kind of bom, ease, bom, it, or bom, ease into it. Yeah. Do you want me to come in at the same time? Come as in you? Whenever you feel ready. Right. Yeah. I'm gonna kind of maybe not get up to full tempo right away. Okay. So. Yeah. 
Well, let's see what we're, uh, see what we're playing to. <laughs> yeah, so we're, we're playing Shaking Down the Acorns by Ed and Hammonds, which, uh, just by listening to the recording and how gnarly it is, I just had to learn it. And, uh, took me a few years of developing my old time skills to, in my ear to piece together the notes, but I finally did. So <clears throat> here it is. Welcome to A-flat modal, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. 
kudos to you for following my chaotic changes. I think you followed me on one of those. <laughs> Ship down the acorns. Yeah, they kind of just came down onto us and we had to adjust. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah. You ever eaten an acorn? Is that uh, a thing? Yeah, I have. You can do that, right? Uh, not straight up. you got to get rid of the tannins first. But I've eaten things that are made of acorn flour. Oh. Um, are they good? You know, uh, yeah. I mean, it tastes like flour uh, when you use it to bake. Um, huh. uh, it's a big thing in the you know, if you're in a primitive skill right track. Right, it's a big thing to. It's like uh, a hearty food that's there for a while. I'm assuming. Yeah, and there's a lot of natural ways. So you like bag it up in a certain way, and then you let it sit in the river to get the tannins out huh. and get them soft, and then you grind it into flour, and then you use it. As baking, you can even purchase it. I think a lot of places now too. Hmm. So and of course, obviously native food here. So, yeah, gluten free. Gluten free. <laughs> I think <laughs> definitely vegetarian. I don't know if it's gluten free. I'm assuming there's no wheat. There's probably the something in it that somebody would be like, "Oh, you can't eat that." Oh, you can't eat that. I mean, the tannins maybe. <laughs> Yeah. People. Mm -hmm. hum humans. Good at finding yeah. a way to consume well, things. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? That's like uh, shaking down the acorns. Like, when was the last time you shook down acorns, you know? Yeah. Do you, uh, I mean, some, some people still live in places where there's oak trees and such things. But, you know, you and I live in Kensington. There's not mm -hmm. a lot of acorns to be found. Certainly not to be shook down. <laughs> Maybe West Philly. I think I lament that. Yeah, West Philly. Well, you know, they're... Yeah, living their own little bubble out there. Sorry, yeah. West Philly. Yeah. <laughs> Come back to reality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go, uh, go, go west of 52nd Street, then we'll talk again. <laughs> Some people have to. It's getting expensive out there. Uh. Yeah. Chickapin hunting. That's also. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's not a, I always thought it was a bird and someone told me it was some sort of nut. Oh, yeah, see, I never, uh, I haven't inquired yet about what a chinkapin is. I, yeah. sometimes I'm afraid to inquire, because sometimes it turns out to be some... <laughs> oh, yeah, you just don't ask. <laughs> I just told, uh, I just told a new old-time friend recently, he called yeah. me Yellow Rose of Texas, and he's like, yeah, I was at this festival, and this guy was just like, oh, I can't stand that tune, and I was like, is it because it's racist? And he's like, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> Yellow Rose of Texas. Yeah, it's uh half half African American, half white. Yeah, the, the original the original oh mixed mixed race people are so beautiful because there's just a little <laughs> bit of white in there. <laughs> rose. Yeah. Focus on the rose. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm reading a book called The History of White People right now, which mm. I uh, really appreciate. Yeah. You know, the concept of a white race. Right, because they were talking about this. Of a white race. Talking about this thing had been going around a lot and maybe this is what the book talks about, but the yeah. whole idea of whiteness was just a concept sort of built to make, to subjugate poor people of European descent in, yeah. in the Americas, like specifically, but just to make them feel yeah. like they're not at the bottom when they kind right. of are. Yeah. Or it's a, it's a pattern, um, in Western history. Like the, uh, the book that I'm reading that it starts out with the Greeks so the Greeks were the master race, right? Um, you know, which, by other accounts, later in European history, Greeks were 
too not, brown to be white. Not so, now, yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> now they're getting the... Yeah, Getting right. the raw deal, yeah. Seriously. So, yeah, it's the concept of the master race and the barbarians, which is a Greek word, actually. Barbar. Right. can't talk right. So... Well, it used to be the palest people are the, the scariest, most savage. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. That's, like, and that's what they talked about. You know, the, yeah. the, the Gauls and the Scythians are like these savage people who, yeah. you know, are the Amazons who burn their breasts. And then right. <laughs> Herodotus is hilarious. I had to read him in college. I, I recommend reading him to, as entertainment. Uh-huh. <laughs> Not so much as information. <laughs> Because uh, he has some pretty uh, hilarious ways of uh, revealing his racial <laughs> biases. Yeah. Oh. But, yeah. So, racism. What else should we talk about? Religion? <laughs> politics? <laughs> uh, yeah. Fuck yeah. Trump. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I tuned out, really, to be honest. But Yeah, and, yeah, and so there's... Then there's the the Cheeto people, <laughs> the spray on people. This is the new master race. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, I think we're all the master race. There you go, humans. <laughs> then you're gonna... What about the non-human? Right, non-human animals. We gotta respect them too. They're all our relatives. So. Yeah. You know, we'll figure it out. We're just gonna laugh about it right yeah, now. If, but yeah, tw- hindsight is twenty twenty, is what we'll say. Yeah. Yeah. After this podcast, Cameron and I are going to an anti-racism training. So that's not true. But that's not true. <laughs> oh man, someone's been putting one on the on the circle of hope dialogue about like this anti-racism training, and it's mm-hmm. like it's like ninety bucks or something. Yeah. And I'm just like, ooh. That's like 90 give, bucks to train me in how to not be a racist? How, oh, man, I don't know. How committed am yeah. I to not be just... I know. We're pathetic. <laughs> to addressing my... Yeah. Oh, God. Well, I'm privileged enough to work with uh, a very diverse group of people that are incidentally teaching me some of my yeah. racial biases or assumptions. Uh, on a daily basis, so that's where I get my anti-racism training, training. Yeah. or it should be getting it. Sometimes I don't receive it, but right. sometimes I do. So, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> let's uh, let's play one more one more tune. Okay, this Hawkeye Man. Before let's we do, do it, that, yeah. I wanted to two things. Yeah. I wanted to say, you're kind of the one who pushed me over the edge into mm. playing old time music, mm. and I want to thank you for doing that. My pleasure. It's an honor. Yeah. Look how, look where we are now. Yeah. Someday I'll, you know, have a famous footnote in the biography of Cameron DeWitt, the old time <laughs> revivalist. <laughs> yeah. When uh, old time has its world takeover. Yeah. <laughs> it's all Stephen's fault. But I think I did have to reprimand you once or twice for uh, uh, writing out tablature. Yes. For, for tunes. Hey, every once I hope you're in a not while. still doing that. You're not still doing that, are you? Every once in a while. <laughs> I'll tab out one or, or two. Been thinking about trying to like uh, get get some people to like. Here's the thing about tabs. Yeah. If I can if I can be the devil's advocate for tabs, mm-hmm. I learned how to drop them because of tabs. Because mm-hmm. you cannot decode what's going on in a recording, like yes. on a banjo recording. Yes. It sounds like 
there's multiple it sounds like an orchestra it's right. just one instrument yeah. you got to like learn one tune the the lame way Mm-hmm. And then maybe you'll never be able to learn that tune in a natural yeah. way after that. But then, it'll, you know, it opened me up to like... Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's actually there's a good way to do it. I actually employed tablature myself um, in learning tunes. Like, for example, the Jim Bowles Arkansas Traveler, that, that A part was just too much for my brain to, like, intuit at once. So I'd have to, like, write and take notes, basically. Yeah. And tablature was a way to, like, okay... I can write that down, then just focus on the next part, yep. and then kind of put it all together. So I think it can be used strategically. Yeah. But um, obviously, we want to root ourselves in totally. playing by ear and listening yeah. to each other. So yeah. that's what it's all about. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes the most traditional way of, of playing can be playing it wrong because you can't figure it out by ear. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, and then also, yeah. Do you have anything you want to talk about before we uh, before we move? Um, we plugged a fair amount of things. Yeah, we did plug kind of a fair amount of things. Um, you know, if you want to hear more awesome folk music um, or, you know, bands that I've been in, um, Google Salters. Yeah. P-S-A-L-T-E-R-S. A mashup of folk music from primarily from oppressed, oppressed people groups from around the world um, in a context of uh, mostly calling Christians into radical discipleship and exodus from uh, empire. Um, yep. And, you know, you can impact, unpack what that means, but um, that's probably the musical project I'm most proud of, along with On the Water, Philly band. Um, just I'm not playing with them anymore, but um, check them out. They're amazing, uh, Philly group. And uh, Seth Martin, we've plugged. Yep. Seth Martin is uh, my brother, my uh, mm-hmm. musical... Uh, you know, hero. I'm always happy to collaborate with him. So, check out Seth's music too. Yeah, yeah. Right on. Cool. We plugged. It's it's all plugged up. Yeah. <laughs> so and, you know, we talk a lot about the race stuff. So you know, which makes me uncomfortable. But I was happy. Hog eyed man. I was happy to learn is not a racist. No good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hog-eyed man, uh, from my understanding, uh, my very minimal, you know, Google-based research refers to uh, originally like a sailor of nefarious character, but in general, a nefarious character. And interesting enough, I really love the book and the movie Cold Mountain, and probably many people in the old time scene also do. Um, and uh, one of my favorite parts about the book is, uh, you know, it's a very lyrically written prose, and uh, oftentimes they'll slip in titles of fiddle tunes or, or yeah. old-time tunes in there, and I just love those moments. And he uses the hog-eyed man to refer to, who in the movie is the uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman character, uh-huh. so who's obviously this nefarious preacher character. So when you think of hog-eyed man, think of Philip Seymour Hoffman and yeah. the, the preacher who... <laughs> who Jude Law somehow abide. For, yeah. <laughs> it was Jude Law, right? I think so. Yeah, Inman? Okay. Anyway, I'm not going to say Make sure I'm tuned here. Thanks for being on the show, man. Yeah, thank you. It's been an honor. It's you know, you've had some awesome guests, so I'm proud to be uh, included in the pantheon of, of old uh, get up in the cool guests. So, and the podcast is awesome. Really, Thanks, man. been enjoying listening to it myself. So, I'm probably gonna hit you up again because you're literally the closest fiddler to my house. So, <laughs> if I'm strapped this for convenience episodes, factor, I'm like, available. Hey. <laughs> Steven. Yeah. Okay. <laughs>
Once again, if you want to hear this week's bonus track, more solo fiddle music from Stephen Landis, sign up to support Get Up in the Cool on Patreon. Just go to CameronDeWitt.com and click the button that says Patreon. You can do it on your phone, in the browser, or download that Patreon app. Special thanks to Billy Kerfoot for sending money to the show. It really means a lot, Billy. Thank you so much. If y'all want to feel angry and hopeful at the same time, and I suspect you might, make sure to check out Seth Martin and the Menders. SethMartinandTheMenders.bandcamp.com Seth's new album is called This Mountain, and it's important. You should listen to Salters for the same reason. Most of my friends in Philly have played in that band, and they've played a unique role in shaping my faith and my ideas. Their stuff is at salters.bandcamp.com. Salters is with a P, P-S-A-L-T-E-R-S, as in the Psalms. Uh, finally, check out On the Water for a rowdy, passionate, cathartic experience. Weareonthewater.com. Weareonthewater.com. Stephen's fiddling is an essential component to each of these projects, so if you want to hear more of him, you know where to go. I'm sorry things are shitty right now, but as much as it sucks when the systems we lean on betray us, it's a really great opportunity to try and be a better neighbor, or maybe even create some systems of our own. And honestly, we should always live our lives like Trump is the president. Obama is such a cool guy. It's been so awesome to have someone that uh, charismatic and inspiring represent us. But he's deported literally millions of people. We're in five wars, and a lot of the people our drones and soldiers kill are kids. I'm not saying he's as bad as our next president will be. I'm just saying it's easy to be complacent when our leaders are that easy to love. No one's going to take our fiddle tunes away, but they might try and take, like, everything else. So sign up for a nonviolent action training. Send supplies to water protectors at Standing Rock. Maybe just finally go and talk to your neighbor. You know that one family on your block that hasn't been priced out yet? Next time you play tunes at your house, invite them over. Old time always has room, so let's make the party bigger. Thanks for listening, friends. Come back next week for more Get Up in the Cool.